last time on Down Abbey, Mary went to Liverpool to see her boy toy, Gillingham. Carson and Robert disputed over what to do with the World War I memorial, with them ultimately settling on putting the memorial in the middle of town. Edith and Mr. Drew launched their plans for Edith to visit her daughter regularly with the Drews. We'll see how that turns out this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. And we are back. Yeah. We're back. It was a snowy day here in New England. Shoveled our ways out. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta love that winter weather, right? Yeah, even though it's March. Yeah. This is why I live in New York, so I can come back to Connecticut on the weekends and do shoveling. Yeah. That's uh, that's, uh, that's life. That is life. <laughs> uh, before we even get anywhere, yeah. I know last week, right at the end of the episode, I made mention of a fan sending us a video to watch. Mm-hmm. And that fan's name is Lewis or Louie. I don't know how he pronounces it. His uh, He's on Twitter. He's got a, an obscenity in his name, so I'm not going to say his name out loud. But the clip he wanted us to watch was, it's called 54 Below. Okay. So it's a musical Downton Abbey parody. Oh, okay. So maybe we'll tack that on to our end of the season. Maybe next time we have a book or something to eat or drink Downton related, mm-hmm. we'll do that. So we are aware. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, we did get some more fan love this week uh, in the form of uh, Bernadette Hernandez reached out to us to inform us uh, about some an episode that she caught up on. Um, yeah, she said that she's catching up. So by the time, Bernadette, you hear this, mm-hmm. let us know when you are listening to us talking about this because <laughs> you, the way you talk to us, you, you, she, this is what, season... She's on season, season three, three, episode six. So she's got like season and a half behind us. Yeah. Um, but they're talking about how uh, Branson wants to baptize the, the child uh, with his church versus Robert's. Um, and she clarified for us the why there would be drama around that. And it's because, uh, you know, the English are, uh, what is it? The, the, you, you, Dave, you the English and the <laughs> Irish don't get along. Yeah. Because the English tried to put, force their will, and they wouldn't let them be Catholic. And Rob, Robert's uh, idea for baptism aligns more with the English uh, government. Uh, yes, um, as one does. Right, which is similar to how America, you know, attacked the Native Americans or something like that. It, if you can't understand how that goes, you know, I mean, maybe not quite as much. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, just warring cultures. But she she gave if us this a, was a Native American like going to England and trying to be like, hey, man. Yeah. You didn't yeah, let yeah. me worship this tree. Yeah. Uh, if you want to learn more about it, just uh, Google search uh, Roman Catholic Relief Act of 1829 if you want to learn more about this. Um, but wow. thank you, uh, Bernadette, for cluing us into this uh, background. Uh, definitely helps to, to fill in some blanks for us. I always love when people school us on history. <laughs> she also made re- reference of the fact that we discussed that one bad review we got. Yeah. She's like, yeah, no, it's fine. And it's like, you know, here we are all these months later, and it's like, yeah, you know what? That one bad review didn't bring us down. No, we're still going. <laughs> yeah, we're stronger than ever. We didn't take any criticism from it. No, no, no. We didn't learn anything. <laughs> uh, uh, fun story. Yeah. I went to the movies this week. You did? To see How to Train Your Dragon 3. Okay. And I saw the Downton Abbey teaser in the trailers, or in the theater, in the movie theater. Okay. I'd never seen it in the movie theater before. I go to the movies all the time. I haven't seen it yet. I saw the trailer come on, and I saw the font, and I was like, no way. 
<laughs> this no can't way. be the movie. And then I saw it, and it was like it was really cool seeing it in the theater. Yeah, because then, then when it says you know it doesn't show any of the characters. Like I know I've watched it a hundred times by now, but it's sort of yeah. like, is this like a trailer? I started freaking out. I was like, is this a? Did I miss something? <laughs> it was just the teaser. But yeah, it was, yeah. I saw High Clear Castle on on the big screen. Well, I gotta go to the movies more to see that on the big yeah. screen. Um, Maybe you need to go see children's movies like How to I'm Train Your Dragon Three. I know. I'm good on that. I'm, I'm, I haven't even seen Child Train or Dragon 2. I still haven't even trained my dragon from the first one. Well. Yeah. Uh, and, and other news, I, I, you know, so I started a job recently, and they had a icebreaker question. So uh, I put it as a fun fact about me. I do a, a Downton Abbey podcast, and I've been feeling a lot of questions at work so, uh, from people asking, so what is that? What, why are you doing a Downton Abbey it's, one? It's like every time you enter a new social circle. Yeah. I have to explain up. this whole thing all over again. It's like, you know what? Just go listen to it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it, it's funny because we have so many friends that know about it, mm-hmm. but it's so novel. Like yeah. all everybody who's listening to this right now is probably used to us talking about Downton Abbey, mm-hmm. but it is not our identity. Yeah, it's not the norm outside of our our group in terms of people you know that we associate with usually. Uh, I mean, it, it's in a a hodgepodge of other things we reference, but it's but funny. It's, it, it's not the dominating force. If you bring up Downton Abbey to other people. They're not going to raise an eyebrow uh, as they would for wrestling. <laughs> like oh, wrestling's yeah. still more taboo than us talking about Downton Abbey. Yeah, know? people people will be like, "Huh? All right." <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, you still ain't got over that one thing. But the show meant for fifty yeah. year old women. Yeah, that that's so proper. That's cool. Okay. That that. so proper. No. All right, so let's get to this episode, season five, episode two. We're in Liverpool. Yeah, there's no ISIS this episode. So following up on last week, where ISIS, I thought big things were coming his way or coming her, her way. way. Uh, nothing. No appearance at all this episode. Nothing. She's yeah. a loser. Yeah. Well, so much for that prediction. Um, so this is a this is a bit of a transition. Another transitionary episode where not too much seems to happen. There's a it moves though. Yeah. I remember I was taking notes and I looked and it had been like. Five minutes. I was like, what the heck is going on? This is fast. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a lot in here. Um, so the the big thing that's going on in this episode is we, we see the... It's not the morning after with Lady Mary no, and No, I was bummed about that. It's the end of the trip. <laughs> Wait, what were you expecting to see the day after? I was expecting to see like the trip play out. Oh, 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 like them shacking up multiple times. No, like them going out to dinner and them like courting each other. Oh, I don't. I don't think Julian has. Yeah, I don't know. He's booking this week to week, man. He he hasn't got time for that. He's like, I got to move. Yeah. I did one season over eight years. Yeah, I, I got to slow down. Right. Um, but yeah, we see them the morning after one of their their trysts. She does not have bed hair. Mary, of course, wakes up with perfect hair. Mm-hmm. As, as she does, you know, she's met Lady Mary. Um, you you catch? It's funny. I feel always scandalized every time you see some some flesh on the show, and and you see what Gilliam's working with for a second, and it's like. He could give Branson a run for his money. He could. Yeah. He wouldn't win that fight. He wouldn't win it. But he'd be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so Mary is, yeah, she's getting breakfast and he has to hide in his side room while, while she gets the breakfast. And then he has to wait for him to get his breakfast. Right. Uh, they seem happy, it seems, at first. But then you see a look on Mary's face that she's just, I don't know. Yeah. And it, it's not because of what he's doing in the bedroom. It's because I don't think she's, she may not just be that into him. Yeah. Um, th- this comes up in multiple conversations throughout the episode. Um, but you know what she never says? She never says it's because of, uh, you know. That. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's got a good stroke. <laughs> well, give him that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, she she and him exit the hotel, and who would happen to see them? 
Oh, boy. Septimus oh, Spratt. Oh, Septi. What are the odds that Septimus Spratt would happen to be there at that time of day in, to in see Liverpool. that? Yeah, in Liverpool. What are the odds? And they literally set aside a scene of Isabel and Violet explaining where Spratt is, yeah. explain why he's there. And the scene is not connected to the rest of the episode. It's just like, we need to explain why he'd be there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to which the Dowager says, it's unlikely to see Spratt with a private life. Yeah, she's, she's a little annoyed that he has life at all. Spratt is like a living cartoon. Oh, yeah, his face is... Oh, hello. It's in a perpetual state of like... (laughs) This is an episode where there's a a still that was on the Downton Data calendar that I cut out and put on my wall. Oh, is it the one we've seen multiple times or whatever? Where he's like dumbfounded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... I think... That that is... He's dumbfounded. He looks that all the time. Um, So he takes that news back to to Violet. Um, he, He teases it out a little bit like... Oh, I may have seen something while I was there. I don't think I can tell you what I saw. <laughs> Say it, Brad! Yeah. And, and I love the way it plays out. He's like, well, I may have seen Lady Mary exiting a hotel with Sir Gillingham. And she was like, oh, yeah, of course they're there for a conference. Oh, yeah. Dowager uh, covers it up. And he's, uh, <laughs> and, uh, he's the yeah. Eeyore of Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah. But you can see like the cogs moving in Violet's head of like, how do I explain this away? Like, so he doesn't think anything more of it. Um, she thinks a fast. private cons- a private conference for agriculture and property owners. Of course, yeah, well, she's good. Yeah, no, she is the best Violet, um, and Spratt buys it. You know, of course he-, he does. He can't not buy it. Yeah, it's his employer. Right, right, right. Uh, so Violet takes this information though. She needs to talk to Mary. Mm-hmm. You, you need to know what you're doing, Mary. This is this could have ramifications later down the line. You can't be doing this. Mm-hmm. We know because I mean, Violet already knows what happened with Edith. Yeah, Violet, and, and, and <laughs> she it almost cover, slips up. Yeah, she had to cover this up once. No, it, it almost slips up in that conversation she has with Mary where she's like, you wouldn't want a situation like... Bleh, bleh. Yeah, like and Mary's Spratt. like, what you are you talking about? You, and you, she's like, oh, nothing. Yeah, you don't want anything like end up like Spratt. Look at Spratt. <laughs> yeah, he's got kids all over town. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a mess up. Huh? Uh, so... Anyways, though, she's suggesting like, okay, well, if you're in love with him like you say you are, then why don't just lock it down so you can just not have any mishaps happen. Um, and she kind of, Mary plays it close to the vest with Violet, but we see her open up later in the episode to, to Branson. Oh yeah, she doesn't like him. She's not that into him. She, I don't think she doesn't, it's not that she doesn't like him, she's just not that into him. I think she's attracted to him. Do you think she learned from Richard Carlyle? What, what do you think she learned from Richard Carlyle? She waited around not liking somebody long enough that she's like, I gotta get it done, get my business done, yeah, and then make my decision. Yeah. Yeah, I think a little bit, you know. You think, do you think Blake is at home going like, <laughs> could have yeah. been me? Yeah, I, I think that's a little bit. Like, you know, she, it's also a timeline with her, too. She's getting older, so she doesn't have as much time to, you know, burn waiting on a guy. So, like, I think she... Yeah, and this is the she, 20s. She's a right. royal a royal. In so the she rushed things with Gilliam a little bit, but, like, now she sees, like, okay, well, now I've done it, I can hopefully... Maybe I'll get out of this. Um, it's crazy to think, though, she was with Carlisle for so long, didn't hook up with him. And this guy, this guy walks in ripped as can be, you know, like. Well, we know Carlisle's no slouch. He's a fit man. He is pretty fit. That's true. We have seen him in Game of Thrones and stuff. So, but, uh, well, let's do those rankings now. <laughs> what? Ma- Matthew, Gillingham, and Carlisle. There's one more. Who? You're one more person. That... Oh, oh, um, Pook. <laughs> Pook? <laughs> I mean, uh, Pamuk. Kamal Pamuk. Kamal Pamuk. Let's rank him. Who 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 who's who's your best partners that she's been with? Matthew. 
In terms Obviously. Of atten- attractiveness. Oh, attractiveness? Um, yeah. Because when she got with Matthew, he went from pudgy to like skinny. And we, you know, there's sometimes that you're, you have he, that in between uh, bod. He had the glow up. Yeah, yeah, he had the glow up. So he's got, he's got that in between bod. So, so I maybe think- Gilliam's number one. Maybe. Or it's Pam- I forget what Pamuk looks like off the top of my head. Oh, I can't. Pamuk's a handsome man, but he died. So I, that's yeah, not, he's, he's, he's bones and rotting flesh. Yeah, so now. he's number four. I feel like Carlisle's an old man. Yeah. Even if he is jacked, he's a. And he has a sinister look about him. That's true. Either way, I think this bodes well for Mary that, you know, she got with a really handsome man. She knows what she wants now. Hopefully, the next choice will be the one. Maybe it's Blake. We'll see. Yeah. And you see that the Dowager is. Uh, She's shocked, but she's so well composed. She's been through controversy in her life, right? And we'll get more into her and her uh, her life mm-hmm. later on, I guess. Yeah. Um. So who else? Is, well, Edith. Well, let's touch on Edith, the other drama in the house. She keeps visiting Marigold uh-huh. at the Drews. This is already going sideways. We're we're yeah. only we're only three episodes into the season. Two episodes. This is the second episode of her going on with this plan. Yeah, this relationship. How many months is it between the last episode and this? According to Wikipedia, yeah, the last one is April. This is May. So okay, this is a few weeks. So logic would say it's the end of April. This is the beginning of May because Mary and Tony have not been on vacation for a month. Right. It was like a week or two. Yeah. They mention it. They say like a week. So within a week or two, Edith has managed to uh, <coughs> wear out her welcome with the Drews. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Miss Drew is like, she needs to stop coming around here. She ain't the mama. I'm the mama. Well, she comes home. Well, and, and she's paranoid too justifiably she she isn't she isn't because she has edith babysit yeah and she comes home from wherever she is with this other son Mm -hmm. and she starts freaking out about where edith and the kid are which is definitely an irrational reaction i think yeah she goes running around like because yeah the kid's just not in the the living room what do you think like absolute worst case they're at the abbey yeah and this this is not established right this is not baby's day out the the baby doesn't go crawling all around the manor and everything away from the drews and at what point would mr drew not wise up his wife i don't get it yeah she seems reasonable if you told her that like this is a controversial situation she doesn't seem mean mr drew's married to her yeah we don't know well her well enough that she could you know she may go tell the the granthams or whatever you know Mm -hmm. like this is what happened with your daughter, and she's doing this. You know, maybe he doesn't trust her with that kind of information. She may want to give up the kid because well, that's she not knows good it. for a husband and wife. Well, it's a toxic situation. That's communication problems. This is Edith in full home wreck mode. We thought we saw before. This is like full on, like no, no intent needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, good luck to the Drews weathering the the storm that is Edith, because when she comes through, she leaves nothing da- undamaged. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this episode, it doesn't really wrap it up this episode so much as they say, we don't want you coming around here no more, Edith. Don't show your face around here no more. Yeah, Mr. Drew uh, consults her specifically. He like, uh, finds her during a meal. Oh, no, they're when, the, when the Russians are over. Yeah, yeah, the Ruskies. Uh, and uh, Edith is beside herself. She's crying. Yeah. What did you expect, Edith? What did you expect? Yeah, Edith, you know, you played yourself. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> did she play herself? It's also, you know, Gregson. Yeah, and it's also the fact that they made the baby. They made her stay around the baby. Yeah, I, man. Well, Julian, you really wrote yourself into a corner here. Good, good luck figuring yeah, it out. Yeah, you're man. really not making these characters very endearing. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on upstairs? Well, Mister Brickers is still in town. In town? Well, he's around. In well, we get a lot of core this episode. Actually, this is a great core episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we see, uh, we see Cora. 
well, we still see her talking with uh, Baxter about whether she should keep her or not. Uh-huh. Uh, well, actually, we'll, I'm, I'm jumping. Let's go back to the Brickers. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's two core storylines. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. She's uh, the A and, and A2. A1 and A2. Yeah, Kind yeah. of. So she goes to London to see art with Mr. Brickers, Richard E. Grant, who lost at the Oscars this past week, or yep. a week and a half ago now. Bye. Um, hey, but, you know, you have the... the that clout. Yeah, you could still maybe wind up with Cora, Elizabeth McGovern. We'll see how this plays out in Downton Abbey because they seem to have good chemistry. Too good. A little too good talking about art, talking about eating. Talking you about really what? see a different side of Cora here. She seems like a lively, vivacious woman that she's that you don't see around Robert. You know? Yeah. Um, she's a little, very much uh, uptight around Robert. You see a little bit, I think. We find out Cora's half Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. Did not know that. I mean, I could. I could see that with from Giamatti, maybe. He seemed... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right, Giamatti. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, we learned a little bit about her past that we didn't know otherwise. Yeah, she was kind of like the belle of the ball Yeah, when she came over. She was one of the only American women that really knew how to play the game. Right. Uh, she had a lot of names on her list for people who wanted to dance with her. Uh, but, yeah, he wants her to stick around. He wants to go out with her again. I feel for Mr. Brickers because he's... I mean, well, a well, no, I don't feel for him because a he's home wrecking, he's doing the full eat, but like at the same time, man, you could tell he really has a thing with her, and it just ain't going to happen, brother. It mm-hmm. can't happen because what happens? Cora goes, uh, she's staying with Ro- Rosman. She goes back at night, close to midnight, allegedly. Who's there? Robert, our boy. What a ba pose he's sitting there, man, just like looking at him, like you know what's up, you know it's me. Who and else? She, she's a little tips when she walks in for sure. Yeah, she's like, "Oh hey," and he's like, "Oh hey, oh hi." <laughs> yeah, uh, he wanted to surprise her with dinner and stuff. Yeah, very gentlemanly thing to do. Yeah, uh, but then he gets upset that she wasn't around for him to <laughs> surprise her. It's like, well, he's upset because of who she was with, right? And then he starts talking down to her, like, "Why does he need you around?" Other than the fact that he wants you. What well, makes me question? Did, did Robert actually <laughs> think he was flirting with the dog last week, or was he flirting with Cora? I think maybe Robert needed a little clarity before he made that final judgment. So, yeah, so because yeah, I think he was trying to take care of his dog afterwards. He was trying to treat Isis well before he was. Wait a second, I'm paying attention to the wrong woman in my life. Yeah, <laughs> it's not my female dog; it's my female wife. We get good angry Robert here. <laughs> oh yeah, we do. Perhaps justifiably. I mean, he makes a good. I feel like also this is a sign of the times where like you don't really have a platonic friend. Of the opposite gender that you spend a whole night out drinking with. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a good look for Robert, I mean, but I don't think he's wrong. I mean, it happens. It's a thing yeah. that people do. But and, and back then in that society, that's a little bit that's a little bit scandalous. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, they they are not getting along seeing eye to eye because she... Because the other thing, we, we get a sense in this episode that Cora is not feeling valued. She, she you know, talks to Robert about how what's the issue he was upset about and i guess they want to build houses on a piece of land pip's corner right pip's corner and he's like don't worry about it, cora and she just feels so useless mm-hmm. and then they talk about how they bring up uh this ep- this episode brings back a lot of season two yeah vibes where they're like cora's like i don't wish it was the war but i wish i had purpose right like she did feel busy in world war one mm-hmm. doing stuff robert says i don't remember what mary did during the war <laughs> uh but uh, yeah, you know Carlisle, <laughs> uh, all that. Uh-oh. Uh oh. But um, 
yeah, Cora is trying to find a purpose. And, you know, when you have a guy in your ear like Bricker saying, like, oh, you can definitely make art that will last forever. It's like, well, man, maybe I should be spending more time around this guy who actually values me. He's pumping Cora up. Yeah, someone who values me like they value Isis. Like, that's, that's something. So, anyways, by the way, speaking of Isis, I, I put some pictures on Instagram this past week of Isis a dog, and I wanted to hashtag Isis so bad, but it's like I can't you do can't that. You can't do it. I can't draw that kind of attention to our account. Don't want those kind of listeners necessarily. Um, <laughs> those listeners? I you think <laughs> the terrorists are using hashtags? I don't know, man. I don't yeah, know. I, mean, I don't want to find that. out. Yeah, I don't want to find out. Let's not go down that rally. Maybe hashtag ISIS the dog? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good idea. Well, I'll, I'll do it and I'll throw it up there. We'll yeah, see we what should, kind of... let's take the hashtag. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast right now, mm-hmm. Go on the Twitter or Instagram, share your love of hashtag Isis the dog. <laughs> and tell us what kind of followers you get afterwards. Yeah. And then we'll do it. We'll go ahead with using Isis the, Isis the dog, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. I mean, we'll there see. could be a dog mascot. Uh, maybe I'll throw it up there anyways. We'll, we'll see. Um, so that kind of ra- uh, wraps up that storyline. We'll see how that where that goes with Brickers. Also, on the Cora front, mm-hmm. Baxter is around. Yeah, of course. So Baxter is... Cora gives her an ultimatum. Yeah. She says, "Give me the rest of the story, or you're out of here." Mm-hmm. And, we get and then, and Baxter's Baxter has a nice little conversation with Mosley, where Mosley's like, "You need to make her. If she's giving you an ultimatum, you can give her the ultimatum that after you tell her the story, she can't go reporting it to the cops. She can't have you arrested. Mm-hmm. It it's done. The yeah. story holds no weight outside of just being told and whatever your consequences are." And she's like, "Okay, yeah." So we find out that. Baxter was in love with a bad man. Coyle. Coyle. Don't trust a man named Coyle, I'll tell you that much. Brendan Coyle? Brendan Coyle named Mr. Bates. That's exactly <laughs> it. Don't trust that man. So he convinces her to steal his jewelry, and mm-hmm. they're going to skip town. Yep. And she steals some of the jewelry. Well, he convinces her to be a nasty woman. She says, I was a nasty woman. She goes, yeah. she's full Janet Jackson. I was a nasty, nasty woman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And she stole those jewels, and he left her hole in the bag. Yeah. He skipped town, didn't meet up with her when he was supposed to. She got caught out with the jewels. She had to go to jail. And she says she doesn't want justice for this guy. She doesn't want him found. She just wants to move on. Yeah. And Cora, you know, Cora accepts it. Yeah. And she, she says, it. all right, you can, you can stay. Do you think this How se- far off is this from Bates? What do we know about Bates' past aside from the fact that he was a drunk? Because we, Vera does not seem like a good person. Right. So is he just like a drunk sort of, you know, bar fly about town? Pretty much, I guess. All right. But so that, you know, secret of Bates or whatever, his whole past, that kind of came out within the first season by the end of it. Do you think this whole secret of Baxter's was worth teasing for over a season? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess Town Abbey, they got to play it to the, you know, the to the rafters or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Julian booking week to week or whatever. Like, what could be so dastardly we can't, you know, we need to keep a her. man. Yeah, she has to keep her job. People like her. She gets along with Mosley, but it's got to be something. But it's, like, good for Baxter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll, she'll stick around. Do you think Mosley could ever convince her to do anything dastardly? I don't think he knows how. <laughs> Fair. He, yeah. does, he doesn't know how. The, the, the biggest thing he'll convince her to do is probably how to color his hair correctly. Yeah, so it's not blue and stinky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what else is going on uh, downstairs? You know, we just reference Bates. So this uh, the sergeant that you know was the cliffhanger from last week. He's hanging around. He's asking questions. 
allegedly before Mr. Green passed away, uh, Mr. Gilliam's former butler, he uh, he mentioned that there was a a bystander who noticed that he said like, "What are you doing here?" to the per- to someone. Before- no, that's what the cop says. Yeah, Mr. yeah, that's what the so cop that's said. That's what Mr. Green said to the person. Right, which led him to think that like. Oh, there must be someone he knew, and I guess Green had said that Mr. Or he's, people had treated him poorly at the manor. Mr. Bates specifically. Yeah, Mr. Bates specifically. And Mr. Carson says that uh, Mr. Green was well liked and a bumptious type. <laughs> a bumptious. Uh, correct, a bumptious type. All right. Uh, sure, lovely bumptious. Uh, so yeah, Bates is called in to give his uh, side of where he was. He was in York, as we know from last year. Yep, and he gives a timeline of his, his events. Yeah, but what's so uh, wrong with his timeline? He's not accounted for when Green is dead. Right. And so, Dave, you were you're pretty. I don't. He didn't do it. You don't think Bates did? It? Absolutely not. There's so many holes here at this point. Hey, he didn't do it. And did they say like the places? Yeah, the places he went to. Like, it, what it, he would have walked a mile to get there. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he All didn't right. do it. Okay. Him and, him and Stephen, Stephen Avery, Avery of making a murder. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. But uh, Bates has a, a nice little question. I mean, we feel like we don't get Bates that much anymore. He's kind of secondary. Because he did it, and we don't want to see more of that criminal. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> but he definitely didn't do it. Or you just fellows just know what to do with him right now. <laughs> yeah, fellows is like, how do we resolve this? Where's the yeah. payoff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's the only thing you said you were saying? Nothing. Oh, I thought you said he says something funny. No, Bates just has a good, it's a good bit, good sequence of him. You know, we don't get Bates for an extended period of time. Yeah. We do see him talking to Mosley for one second. Don't know what they're talking about. They look serious, but that's... Probably sports or something. Yeah. Politics. Right. And Robert doesn't ask for Bates to come along with him to London. Uh, yeah, he doesn't need him. It's just going to be a night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else is going on downstairs? Um, well, Daisy's still learning math. Yeah. We get a timeline of when she left school. She yeah, she was 11. You have enough time to learn math by 11, or else there's something else going on there. What age are you when you're 11? What grade are you in? Like 11? Because um, you're five when you're in kindergarten. Right. So six in first grade. Yeah, so yeah. 11. You're like a fourth, fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth yeah, grade? Yeah, yeah. Probably a different scale, too. Yeah. I can see not remembering anything, not getting much beyond addition, subtraction, maybe basic multiplication. Yeah, like 11 is, that's sixth grade, yeah. Man, we were doing... I mean, I guess it's different. But we were doing multiplication tables in fifth grade, brother. I don't remember that You don't remember back. that? I don't remember when I did these milestones. We were doing events. multiplication in fifth grade, doing some division in sixth grade. Um, but she didn't make it that far, I guess. I wonder what they were teaching her. I guess how to be a servant. Maybe that was what it was. You well, know? yeah. The, you know, that's the why thing, she's here. The trade school type stuff. So that means she must have started down at like 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she was saying like, she, well, she references she would have been like 14 by the time she actually learned all this stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. So she just missed it. Uh, but and we know the timeline was that she joined Downton around age 14, probably. Yeah, something so, like that. Yeah, there you go. So she's what, like 25, 26 now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, something. Yeah, something like that. But Patmore looks dismayed by all this talk. She's also dismayed for another reason. Yeah. Uh, so we know from season two another that... Another callback. Yeah. Her uh, nephew got killed in the war for being a deserter. Yep, an act of cowardice. Yeah, uh, but she gets word this episode that they don't want to have him on the in the memorial, uh, his name honored along with the other soldiers in his hometown. Uh huh. So she asks Hughes to ask Carson to include his name in the Downton Abbey memorial because it would be nice to have him his name somewhere. He went out there mm-hmm. just like everyone else, 
And they, they say now because we know so much about shell shock, it's something that we should perhaps consider. Right. But Carson has other plans. No, Carson just says no. Yeah. He's, a, he's a deserter. He and Carson has a very impassioned speech about sacrifice. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm I know we're supposed to kind of side with Patmore. Yeah. But after Carson talked, I was like, Carson's kind of not no, wrong. I am definitely on Carson's side. Like, I mean, even in today's modern military, there is a place for deserters. And we understand that there is, you know, mental illness and stuff that triggers people to, you know, not stick around or they're scared. But they should not be honored the same way as actual soldiers yeah, no. who gave their lives in battle. Like, I'm and they're, sorry. They're just trying to give Miss Patmore, she just wants peace of mind for her family. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry. It's not that easy. It's a hard time for Patmore. I'm sorry. Yeah. And what does she say in this episode? She's going to go uh, just go work on a spotted dick. Did you get that? Oh, yeah. It's a dish. I had to look <laughs> that up. I was like, I rewound it three times because I was actually watching with my parents. Like, you heard the same thing as me? They're like, oh, yeah. We heard the same thing. So, it's, yeah, spotted dick, for those who don't know, is a, it's like a, a cake with raisins in it. Um, yeah. Almost like a, a sour uh, bread or whatever, like you'd get around um, St. Patrick's Day or whatever. Soda bread. Soda bread, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and, and dick is another word for dough. So in case you're wondering, it's like, did she? Did Patmore say she's going to work on a spotted dick? It's a, it's a pastry. <laughs> you're just letting this breathe. Huh? It it I, it was a moment stopper for me. I was like, if I don't you didn't know what spotted dick was going in this episode, hashtag Isis the dog. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. <laughs> hashtag spotted dick. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not that. Maybe one. a worse hashtag to use than hashtag ISIS. <laughs> Definitely true. on Twitter, you're going to find some foul things more quickly. Yeah, because I hear today in England they actually refer to it as Spotted Richard. It's kind of transformed. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more, you know, PC. So um, there's that. Uh, Thomas is gone for most of this episode. Yeah, he gets it. He has to use Mr. Carson's phone. <laughs> Which Carson like? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We find out a little more about Cars or Thomas and Baxter's relationship that they knew each other earlier in life. Yeah, yeah. Baxter's familiar with his father. Kept saying he's a nice guy, and Thomas like, you don't know my dad. Yeah. He's well, apparently dad. he's sick. Yeah. Uh, Allegedly. But we did hear Thomas say on the phone. He read it in the newspaper about an ad for "Choose Your Path." Yep. What path is Thomas choosing? We'll find Something out. Something for his dad, probably, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, How to take care of him. It's got to be it. Um, but Carson's like, I'm sorry that I bothered you about your dad. Right. <laughs> uh, the last major storyline, because I think that's a, most of them, right? Um, we cleared through them in record time, because there isn't that much going yeah, this on. Yeah, it's a fast episode. But the one big one is Rose wants to invite the Russians to the house. The Russians. The Ruskies. What, what for? Just because they're around, right? To show them some of uh, Downton's... Vintage items. Vintage Russian items. Right. Uh, so, yeah, they, they come to visit uh, later in the episode. And who happens to be there at the same time? Miss Bunting. Yep. Yep. As Robert says, and I echo his sentiments, who invited her? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And Mary even says, I'm not very keen on Miss Bunting. Right. And Cora's like, I'll give her a chance. And then what do we see literally the next moment? She's making uh one of the russians outraged at her comments yeah. about the politician or whatever um i didn't even write it down i was i just i i don't have the patience for miss bunting yeah 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 uh because rose thought like why not bring bunting up to go talk to them and no that's a mistake because her politics are completely different mm-hmm. uh they're about to leave but luckily you know Robert inter- or who intervenes? Uh, Robert or, does. Or Rose intervenes. Or what, Robert's the, like, come check uh, this yeah. stuff out. We have this stuff from when we visit. And then he's like the curator. Thank, thank God he does. 
He kills it. He knocks yeah. it out of the park. Yeah, he he has uh, relics, uh, Romanov's relics uh, from Grand Duchess Maria, uh-huh. and it makes them weep. They, like they, they are, the Russians are just tearing up at seeing this old uh, stuff from home. Yeah, literally, t- like tearing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is nice to hear some history because you know he refers to his granddad, and you think, oh, that was a while ago, but you forget. Wait, that's Violet who was there with them, with mm-hmm. the granddad when they're in Russia in St. Petersburg. Uh huh. And she remembers it so well. She she's kind of like on the fence about going to it because she's talking to Isabel. Like I don't know about that, mm-hmm. but she shows up, and thank God she does. Yeah, because who shows up there? I didn't write down his name. I don't. Oh, well, I did. It's a uh, Kurrigan, oh, yeah. aka the world's most interesting man. Stay thirsty, my he's friends. A, it's, it's a guy. He's in Snatch. He's a guy that won't die in Snatch. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought he he looks like the Dostoevsky's man. He looks like the most interesting man. <laughs> but he's a Russian. But he looks like the most interesting man. <laughs> I know he has that. He has, he has the hair and the beard. Yeah. I, I, I almost expect for him to turn to the camera saying, like, stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs> With vodka? Yeah, he, he, he points at Violet. Stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs> there's like a fan, and she's like, oh, that was given to me by... And he's like, by me. I am the one who gave you this fan. You've and been thirsting like, for me for 40 years. <laughs> stay thirsty. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, this is a handsome man. He's got those eyes. Uh, he looks very sullen. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he's he's lived a life. He, he just shows up to Downton and like hides behind all these other Russians. Yeah. He he waits for his moment. He knows she's going to recognize that fan. You wonder if he almost planted that fan there because she hasn't seen it since then. Hey. maybe he put it there. How does she not notice the one guy with a big beard and long hair? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He was hiding in the background, but uh, not no mo. We find out that yeah, he he took her out to for a dance there, and it leads to this moment with Mary, where Mary is like, "Oh, I see you, Violet. Oh, you you got around. You had men lusting after you. Yeah, Granny and Granny has a past. Yeah, I, I, obviously mm. she wasn't as philanderous as Mary's been, but hey, th- there's been men. Yeah, many men, <laughs> many, men. Many, 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 many. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. It's kind of exciting to see Violet, like, you know, having a... Uh, that's one thing that's been missing from her character is, like, a little love affair. Because there was one moment in this episode where she made a quip. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, like, you know, Julian, like, right, spread him out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Give Branson a quip or something. And then it's yeah. like, hard turn. She has a story that's actually a story. Yeah. Because she does serve as an assistant in the um, Lord Merton Isabel, which really doesn't move at all this episode. Yeah. Um, but we know Kurgan's single because she asks, how's the princess? And he says, I don't know. Me no no. <laughs> but I know where you are. I know where I am. And then they do this weird thing where the car pulls away and he's just like giving her like <laughs> killer eyes, you know, through the window. He should wink. He should have winked. It would have been a little bit more charming than like, I am Russian. I'm going to break you. You know, that whole thing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's it for a lot of the storylines this episode. I mean, Gillingham shows up again at the end of the episode. Mary's not too, like, hot to see him. Yeah, but he... the Dowager... Oh, Gillingham has an excellent moment with Isabel. Oh, yeah. At the end of this episode. Right. Where he, like, pulls her aside and he's like, thank you for being nice to me. You have no reason to be nice to me. Yeah. And it's, like, such a nice... Like, maybe he's not right for Mary, but, like, they're doing a good job making well, this guy stay, like, a decent dude. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think that was from decency? Or I think it's also a little bit of, like... Was but... he playing him? Yeah, buttering up the mother of the ex-husband. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, I think we'll that's see. a little bit of that. Like, get in there. Like, make her like me, too. Make okay. her want me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was that episode. Any good quotes from this episode? Um, 
Mary, <laughs> Mary said she's used to sharing a bed with someone again. Rose keeps referring to the Russians as my Russians. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you enjoyed your time in Liverpool? <laughs> uh, there's, there won't be an epilogue? Um, Sympathy butters no parsnip? Yeah, that's Pat Moore. Because uh, uh, Carson's like, you have my sympathy. And she's like, that sympathy ain't butter and parsnips. But putting a name on a plaque... That that's butter. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that butter. That's that butter. That butter for the spotted dick. Uh, uh, the dowager <laughs> says to um, the, in regard to that scene where there she gets married and talks about the mm-hmm. the the vacation. She said, "Are you confident that there's no unwanted epilogue?" Yeah, that that's and what then it was. that's when she says, um, "Not like minimally," and she starts to talk about Edith, and she stops herself. And Mary says, "What?" And she <laughs> says, "I mean, it's a that wouldn't be a nice kettle of fish." Yeah, yeah, yeah. A kettle of fish. That's Edith and Marigold, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, Marigold the fish. Um, Violet also says, "If I was seduced by a man, I wouldn't let the grass grow under his feet." <laughs> Get in there, yeah. And what else? She has another one that's great. Um, in my in my time, a lady was incapable of feeling physical attraction until she'd been instructed to by her mother by her mama mm-hmm. is what she says yeah what else is there anything else i don't know i mean if you, I, I, that's all i got well we do see carson refer to mosley as well you're the first footman yeah he's kind of like well you got to do this now jerk that you got this <laughs> yeah you got what you wanted uh yeah so that's pretty much the episode was it a good episode yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was fast. It didn't meander very much. It didn't do nothing. Yeah, it's very much in between episode. I won't po- point it out to people to watch Down Abbey, but you know it's fine. So I don't. Are we supposed to hate Bunting? <sighs> she seems like a drip, like a little bit too much of like a downer and everything. Um, I don't know because I think the idea is like because even reference it with like Branson again going to America. You don't. I think Julian's inside of like don't let him be taken away. Uh-huh. You know, he he's part of this family now, and she's a little bit much. Like, it's not wrong to hate her politics, but she comes on a little bit too strong. She has no tact. Exactly. And it's fine to have those politics, but you can't just be like that, especially around, like, Russians who are just visiting this house. Like, who uh-huh. are you? Um, Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think. I don't like her. Yeah. Um, But let's get to the power rankings. Who's down for you? Who's on, Who's number three? It's Pat Moore. She didn't. Okay. She didn't get the name on the memorial. Daisy's still like uh, leaning away towards mathematics. Not the best week for Patmore. Well, I, I, this is a tough episode because not much moves. Yeah. She had a good night out, but then she got put in her place by her man, and she feels terrible. And now Cora is not doing so hot. Really? I don't think. I mean, I feel bad. Wow. Because, like I said, great Cora episode, but yeah. ends with the smack. He didn't smack her. Not literally. <laughs> this is, uh, that, okay. All right. Uh, number two, I have Robert having a down week. Okay. Uh, his woman is out in the town with another man. Oh. He's being, his, the Russians are being, you know, and he's getting embarrassed by Miss Bunting in his own household. No. Well. Not quite Robert's week. Well, I have Pat Moore at number two. Okay. We, we went over those reasons. Yep. <laughs> uh, number one, is, it's Edith. It's got to be Edith. Yeah. The she's, one and only. She's getting shut out from her own daughter's life. Yes, correct. So you can't get much worse than that. No, not yeah. I mean, there's really nowhere to go. Her plan's not working out. Uh, nice try. Who's who's up at you for you, Dave? Well, his wife was on the town with another man, but things were about to go totally sour with the Russians, and he swooped in, 
Save the whole day. Oh, Robert. All right. <laughs> Save the whole day. I, I. It's not a nothing moves this episode. Who am I? Who else? Who do you have at number three? Baxter. She gets to keep her job, and her, her truth is known, and then she can just move on. Okay. Yeah. Well, who do you have at number two? Well, who do you have at number two? The Dowager. Okay. Yeah, she had a good week. She had a great week. She she got she, inter- she incepts this thing with Spratt. Yeah. She puts Spratt in his place. She maintains a peace, and then we Mister Kurrigan. Yeah. Baron, whatever, whatever Kurrigan he is. Right. Uh, well, number two, I have Cora. Cora? Uh-oh. Right on the town. She had a great time out on the town, you know? And, like, I think that carries a lot. That's why she's willing to, like, speak up to Robin and be like, no, let's have Miss Bunting around, even if it is the wrong choice. I think she's kind of rediscovering herself a little bit. So, good for Cora having a great time. Have her own midlife crisis. Yeah. It's not just for boys. It's yeah. for girls, we've already, we've already been through Robert flirting with the girl. We have. That's true. Let's have Cora have her side and have her fun. And Mr. Brickers is a, is a good dude. So... Well, I mean, As Ill, now, Ill intentions, but he seems like a good guy. So. Yeah. He's an artsy type, so he's allowed to be a right. weirdo. Yeah. And I'll just break it, because I don't know what your number one is, for. Uh, but number one for me is Violet. I think she unquestionably had the best week. She literally pulled the spring, uh, strings on Mary. She got a guy lusting after her. We find out a little bit more about her past, how she creates shows. Violet had a great week. I don't know who could have had a better week in your book. Well, here's the thing. The stuff with Mary... That's damage control. That's not good. Okay. That's necessary. Yeah. Baxter had the best week. <laughs> I guess, yeah. A job means a lot. It does. Yeah. And everyone's like, look, you got to put this guy in jail. We're on your side. We want to help you. And she's yeah. like, takes a high road. She's like, I don't need it. I've moved on with my life. Yeah. And I feel like she's going to have some leverage on Thomas when he goes on about his dad being sick. And, she and probably, she's sympathetic towards him. She's probably going to reach out to that family if the dad is sick and find out. He ain't. Just knowing how soap operas play, well, we'll she ain't going to stay silent to that family we'll if she's as close to them as we What's Thomas's dad like? <sighs> Probably even more dark and brooding. Just like a vampire. Yeah. Like he's in the shadows all the time, pale, hates everything. Indeed. That makes sense. I mean, brooders brood, and his dad must be like the ultimate brooder. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh... Anything else we're, uh, we want to touch upon? No, I think that just about wraps it up. Yeah. Well, uh, we, we may take the next week off. Yeah. We we're, 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 my, my band will be back in the Poconos at Mohegan Sun next Saturday. I'll be down in Jacksonville running a race. Okay. So, so. if you're in Jacksonville, you want to go watch a race. There's a yeah. guy that might be Corey. Yeah. If, if you're in, in the, the Poconos, Poconos, you want to see a band, that's probably me. Yeah. There's only two places that have bands there. So we'll be in uh, different points, and uh, we'll rejoin and see uh See what's up. Yeah. We'll be back in time for St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Day. We know wait, we'll, well be a little after. Yeah. So we'll say uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to all of our uh, We'll come in a little hungover. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll see. Uh but yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh Remember that hashtag Isis the Dog. <laughs> Isis the Dog. Not spotted dick. We're not going with that one because nope. that could have different ramifications. And what was the other thing you said? Say say that in the text of the tweet. What? Spotted dick. <laughs> Along with Isis the dog. But not hashtag spotted dick. Just say it. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, let us know what responses you get. We, we'll post that ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And as always, if you feel like kicking us a few bucks a month, thanking us for, you know, we're so thankful for you if you want to return the favor a little bit. Yeah. Every nickel helps. We got that bonus episode that's hot and fresh on yeah, the... Yeah, have a Patreon. Yeah. So, dot com slash Lords of Grantham. Yeah. You got your two tiers. You already know the drill by now. We're not going to bother you. Yeah. But all that and more. Happy St. Patrick's Day. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it, right? Yeah, we'll catch you next time on the Lords of Grantham podcast. Bye-bye.